When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. It is the interview show. Today's guest is Sham, a.k.a. At Home with Peanut, a.k.a. A Bearer of Dad News. He's a... I'm going to imply a friendship again. He's one of my best friends on uh, the Twitterverse and uh, just one of the best dudes to talk to. Uh, He's in Florida, so we talk uh, Don't Say Gay Bill, as well as, of course, the slap heard around the world, so... Uh, his take is equally funny and insightful. Always a good, always a good chat with Sham. Uh, this is where I beg of you that wherever you're watching or listening this, there's probably a button that says like subscribe or follow. Give me one of those. Uh, if there's a five star thumbs up, I appreciate that. We are closing in on episode 100. Let's keep this train a moving. Thank you for everything, by the way. I appreciate you being here. Here's the theme song and then Sham. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. All right, everyone, as promised, my guest today is Sham at home with Peanut on Twitter, a.k.a. a bearer of dad news, one of the best Twitter pun names around. Uh, Sham, thanks so much for agreeing to come on the show again. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I think this is attempt number. I think this is show number three for you, which is pretty good. Um, you're getting up there in terms of my regular guests. So, <laughs> Sham and I talk a lot. Uh, we kind of check in on each other a lot through our DMs, and it's always like, uh, it always something to the effect of, "Yeah, I'm cold," and Sham, who's in Florida, is like, "Yeah, my state's crazy." <laughs> and, <laughs> and you have a lot going on down there. Yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. You're. Is it a governor? Yeah. Is that his name? Is that DeSantis? DeSantis. Uh, He's an idiot. He's an idiot. I will say it for you. That's saying it lightly. (laughs) I could call him a bigot and a racist, but I think we'll start with idiot. Yeah, Yeah, it's like like everything he's throwing out there right now. It's like I I told my wife the other day, it's like uh, it's almost like racist spaghetti. He's just like throwing stuff at the the wall to see what sticks. (laughs) He's just throwing all these bills out and it's just he feels like he has this ability to do it. All right. I wanted to start with Will Smith, but since we're already talking about DeSantis, let's start with uh, uh, the thing that's making all the headlines in Florida uh, and around the world, really, because like, I know about it in Canada. Uh, and that is the don't say gay bill. And I'm going to I'm going to read from a, kind of a newspaper clipping here. Um, the official name of the don't say gay bill is actually parental rights in education bill. Who wouldn't want parental rights in education? Uh, well, what it actually is. Classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards, according to the bill's language. However, the legislation does not make clear what is age appropriate or developmentally appropriate because state standards for sexual orientation and gender identity are almost non-existent for many grades. What the hell is this? Honestly, it's like... uh... It's like the critical race theory thing you know they keep saying that they're teaching it to our kids and they're not it's a college level course um they feel i think what they're doing here is just trying to suppress 
um, people's freedoms, like always. I, I, I was telling my wife the other day, it feels like to me, the problem with this bill is not just for our current generations, but also future generations as well. I mean, it just sets a bad precedent. You know, kids have a hard enough time, I think, and co coming out if they, you know, they if they realize they are homosexual and it's a touchy subject and this just doesn't give them enough of a chance to be able to voice that. I mean, it could be hard enough to come out to your family, your parents, teachers were another safe place to do that. And now it's, it's going to be impossible. And, and here, and here's the, here's the poison pill to this. Cause you and I were talking offline a little bit and here's the poison pill. Parents could sue a school district. If they believe there is a violation of any of these requirements or restrictions, parents may also request a special ma magistrate to determine facts relating to the dispute and to recommend a solution to the State Board of Education. The cost to do that would be responsibility of the district according to the legislation. So on top of a super vague bill, they have put in this poison pill of, and if you do, and someone doesn't like it, they can sue, and it's your ass. And we know the U.S. isn't keen on lawsuits, so I'm sure this won't come up at all. Yeah, it's it's all about suppression. <laughs> it it really is, and it's it's sad that we've gotten to this point. I mean, Florida just uh, passed the 15 week abortion law, and now they have this one on top of it, and it's just about suppressing rights. Uh, last year was HB one, which is about the uh, the anti riot bill. So it's just been one thing after another, and it's uh, it's just awful. Uh, when I think of Florida too, I, I think of. Um... Honestly, I think of like Disney, I think of like Miami, and I think of all like I think of a really kind of liberal place. Um, but the foundation and the core and the the values that are coming out of it are very much like uh, don't come here unless you're white and straight. Yeah, yeah. Where's I mean, that coming from? It's the loud minority, you know, okay. in the sense, and I say minority in the sense that not in terms of skin color, but in terms yeah. of the conservatives, they're the loudest group down here. Um, Florida still has very much liberal places, but it's just that because we've had a republic, a Republican governor for so long, I think our last Democratic governor was back in the 90s, <laughs> believe it or not, and they still call Florida a swing state. And I mean, I, I, I guess technically that's true, <laughs> but I mean, it's been swinging hard to the red for a long time now. And... um. I don't know, man. I, I still, I still look at Florida uh, with hope in the sense that, you know, um, the Democratic voice can outnumber the Republican voice, but I don't, I don't know anymore. It's, it's, it's hard to see it. it really is. What I, where I think it gets hard is, um, to your point, the kind of vocal minority, uh, and we saw this in Canada recently with our, you know, convoy to our capital, which was like eight thousand people, and. Mm -hmm. We're a country of 30 million. So yeah, we have 8,000 really loud, obnoxious people, but the rest of us are kind of like, okay, let's just get on with our lives. So right. it doesn't get the play, at least in the media, it doesn't get the play because who wants to talk about a boring group of people? Right. You, and, and this label of don't say gay, it, oh man, is that catchy? Oh man, is that buzzworthy? Um, but to our initial point, there's nothing in the bill. And it reminds me a lot of make America great again. Mm. It's like, well, what does that mean? It's just, right. it's just a saying. 
yeah. just it's, it's it's branding. Yeah, and it, and it proves that I think with the conservative group, they're all about that. You know, they they jump on the branding, and 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 this type of branding is just about promoting fear, because the conservatives' fear is that oh no, you're gonna make my kids gay. That's what they're thinking. <laughs> Heaven forbid. Thinking this, yeah, that's what they're thinking. This bill is saying, and it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, Florida, man. <laughs> Where you are currently, um, is it a is it a liberal area, or is it something you're kind of, you know, you're having awkward conversations with your neighbors? I avoid my neighbors at all cost. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I, I, I think we talked about it the first time I was on, um, when there was like Trump flags around mm-hmm. my my neighborhood. So once I saw that, I was just kind of like, okay, I, I really have to, I'm, I'm an introvert by nature anyways, but I really kept to myself after that. Cause I was like, I don't know who is a Trump supporter or who isn't. I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't trust anybody around in the neighborhood. Um, and it's predominantly white. I was going to say, you have a lot of neighbors who look like me, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's predominantly <laughs> white neighborhood. So that makes it hard too. Um, but the county I'm in, uh, I am in South Florida, so it is. It is still fairly liberal um, okay. until you get to certain points. Like you go out to the western parts of the county. I know not to go out there by myself. I'm bringing my wife along <laughs> with me because, oh God, yeah, they're That's like crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's like a 15 minute drive, 20 minute drive from where I'm living, and you're deep, deep in Trump country. How have you? Has the "Don't Say Gay" bill come up with your kids at all? Not yet, because yeah. my oldest is still doing virtual uh, yeah. learning. Um, but, and that's another conversation I have with my wife. It's just like, you know, because I, I think I, we, we touched on, I think, in talking privately, that it's also terrifying in the sense that we don't know if our kid, what our kids will be when they get older, you know? Yeah. And that's scary to think that, especially like for us, because we have mixed kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's just one thing on top of another that they'd have to deal with. My kid came to me and said one day that, you know, they are gay. And now it's just like, oh boy, now you got to deal with them dealing with this legislation, dealing with people who aren't going to treat them the right way because of that, because of their skin color, because of their name now. It's just. They have to be fearsome of who they love. They have to be worried about how other people react to that. I'm in the same way. I, I, my kids are mixed race, uh, you know, uh, Chinese and white. And, and, and I had the same thought. I'm kind of like, okay, you know, at some point in time, someone's going to make a comment about your eyes and I'm going to have to like not hurt them. Right. <laughs> like yeah. I don't have to not punch another, another, a child. Um, <laughs> Cause that's going to be my instinct. I'm not going to yeah, want to go Will course. Smith on them. Oh man, <laughs> I brought it to Will Smith shit. Okay. But like that, it's true, right? Like it's like, you're going to have to deal with that. And it's hard enough growing up. Like hard, yeah. it's just hard enough being a human being and knowing yeah. that you're hated just because of who you love is just unfathomable. So, yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I would love it if my kids, you know, whoever they decide to love, I would support them no matter what, but it's just like in the back of my mind, it's scary to think that it could possibly become a detriment to them. And that's, that's a damn shame in the world we're living in. And this day in 2022, you know, that we're there. Well, I think things like the idea of, you know, pulling back on the voters registration, pulling back on, 
gay rights, pulling back on it, all these things. It's because we've made so much progress, I think, in a very short period of time, mm. right? The language we use 10 years ago is not the language I would use today. I didn't know about pronouns until a year and a half, two years ago. Truthfully, I didn't, I wasn't really cognizantly aware of it. And I think what's happened is we have progressed at such a rapid rate in society that old white men who look like me are terrified that they are losing their country. And now they're like, well, hey, we're still in power. We can affect this. Right. <laughs> the yeah. kids haven't got to it yet, but the kids are going to come and eventually take all this shit away. Like they're yeah. going to, they're going to knock all this stuff down, but we're talking a generation two from now but I'm encouraged by the amount of progress we've made in the last 20 years, just in the cognizance, uh, the way we're aware of things, um, the way the movements do take place. And we have black lives matter and we have defund the police and, and it's not always the best branding, but it steps in the right direction. So I think yeah, these other things, this is the opposite equal reaction, the other direction, which is let's pull some of the shit back. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's sometimes hard to remember that some of the progress we've made, but it is, like you said, it, you pointed out, it's good to always remember that we have made progress. I, I'm telling you, man, just even the way I talk to my kids about, um, gender and race, I couldn't imagine, I can't imagine my parents talking to a six-year-old about gender and race, okay. but like when we're watching a show, if we're not aware of the, the pronouns, we try to say they, them, wherever possible. And we just, you know, some people may not feel like a boy or some maybe people may not feel like a girl. And we just kind of put that in there. So it normalizes the language so that they're aware of it going forward. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up because like I said, my oldest is doing virtual learning. So I, I've been helping him with school. So the other day we were doing a lesson and um, it was for a literature class. And so they were using like context clues. And one of the questions was asking, how did you know if the character in the little short story they gave you was a boy or a girl, right? And they said, because um, boys wear swimming trunks and girls don't. <laughs> and I was like, this is, w and I, I didn't like the question at all because it just yeah. turned me off because I'm just like, how are you going to put that in, in our, in our day and age where we are right now, how are you going to put that in there? So I explained, I explained to him and I said that, you know, I stopped short and he asked me what was wrong. And I was like, well, I don't like this question. So I'm, I'm going to read it to you and I'm going to see what you think. So I read it to him and yeah, he was confused by it. Cause he was like, girls can't wear swimming trunks because he, he thought they could. <laughs> he, he's like, anybody could wear, he actually said anybody could wear anything they want. I was like, bingo, there you go. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's, yeah. that's a great kind of teaching parenting moment. And that textbook was probably written 20 or 30 years ago <laughs> and your parents uh, and my parents never would have thought for one second about it. Right. They would have been like, well, it's clearly because the girl doesn't wear swimming trunks. <laughs> like that would have been the end of it. And yeah. it wouldn't have been because they were super biased towards uh, any sort of other sexual orientation. It's just, that's the way it is in their, in their mind. That's the way they were raised. Um, and that's the way it was. But for us, we're like, mm. Yeah, Why can't a girl wear swim trunks <laughs> yeah, if she exactly. wants to? <laughs> right, exactly. And the fact that your son didn't immediately, the fact that your son was like, well, anyone can wear anything they want, goes to show the type of parenting that is going on in your household. So I'm going to give you a little slow clap for a parenting right there on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like the moments like that when you when you think you're not doing shit right, and then all of a sudden <laughs> you have a moment like that, and you're like, okay. 
<laughs> at least they're at least they're picking up on the good things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so dad's ignoring us for 30 minutes to go ma- to do a podcast with some guy in Canada, but <laughs> he's teaching us about gender equality. So it bounces out, yeah. It bounces all out. Um <laughs> let's talk about the slap because I want to talk about the slap. Everyone's going to talk about the slap for, I would say, the next 30 days. Yep. Uh, where were you when the slap occurred? Did you watch it live? Oh, I was. I woke up on, uh, happened Sunday, right? So I woke up Monday morning and uh, I just saw on social media that, <laughs> you know, something about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And I'm like, you know, what, why is this trending? So I go and look at it and I'm just like, okay. He legitimately slapped him across the face. And it's, for me, it was weird because, you know, I grew up watching Chris Rock. I grew up watching Will Smith on The Fresh Prince. And for me, it was kind of like watching two uncles go at it, throw down at like a family reunion. (laughs) (laughs) It literally felt like that. It was just, it was such a weird thing to see. Um, Yeah. And then uh, I, I, my first reaction was it was weird. And then, (laughs) <laughs> I read about it and uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get why he reacted that way, uh, Will Smith, because I'm I'm on the whole train of thought that I think people have lost perspective on comedy, um, and I there was just so much division on what he said, and it's just like Chris Rock. That's what he does. He clowns on people. I mean, what do you expect him to do? Yeah. I, he was clowning on another couple right before he went to Will and Jada. So I don't know. It, it and just... like it was a bad joke. Like it yeah. was a like it's a GI Jane joke. It was so bad. Yeah. Um, it was such a bad joke that I'm almost like I was embarrassed for the joke. I was like, ugh, that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's a that's not that's not well thought out, right? right? Um, and then Will's reaction and the best. So for me, I was watching a movie with my wife. Uh, and then the movie ended and then I, you know, naturally pick up my phone, go on Twitter and I'm like, Whoa, what the hell happened here? <laughs> um, and then I started Googling, like, was it fake or was it set up? And apparently everyone else was Googling it as well to figure out whether or not it was a setup, but, uh, no, it's real. And then six minutes later, he receives his award for best actor. And then there's video of him dancing and singing, getting jiggy with it at the club. It's just like, he's going through something. Yeah. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it was um when I talked about it, my wife and I talked about it, she said it was just how weird, like how cold it was. He he was laughing one second, he went up there, calmly slapped this guy, and calmly walked off the stage and sat right back down and then just started mouthing off on him. It was just like a weird like he flipped a switch on and off so quickly. And yeah. it's kind of chilling that, you know, once like if somebody gets like most people that get pissed, they flip a switch and it stays on for a while. It's hard mm-hmm. to calm down, but he flipped it. He went zero to 60 back to zero. Like it was nothing. So I, I, I don't know. Like, I think his mental state, I think something in him broke like mentally. And I think it's just been building, you know, he had all these issues that I don't know all the details and they're live and whatnot, but <laughs> yeah, you I know you, you, you watch the red table talker. You know, what's going, <laughs> you know what's going on the red table talk. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard snippets of it and you know, all the stuff that they've had and airing out their dirty laundry and all that stuff. But it's just, I, I feel like he just had like a real bad mental lapse. And I think it's just been building for a long time. I honestly, all it boils down to it is that he needs some help. I think like he, yeah, 100%. The idea of, uh, 
I'm also like, I, I, I don't know why this is triggering me, and I'm not like, I, I can get triggered, but this for some reason, like, the fact that he was first off that he was able to get to Chris Rock, right. security didn't step in. Right. Then he was able to go back to his seat and enjoy the rest of his evening. And then six minutes later, he was able to accept the award. I'm like, are there no repercussions for what he, what he just did? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I used to I used to do stand up comedy in dive bars, and even at the diviest of bars, uh, there was a bouncer. And anytime someone threat, you know, started heckling and the, got kind of heated between the the act and the the heckler the bouncer would kind of make their presence known. Like I will fucking throw you out this window. <laughs> if you go anywhere near the stage yes. and, and, but Will was able to walk right up. And at first I think Chris, Chris was laughing. Cause he was, I think he thought, Oh my God, this is going to be hilarious. And then it was not hilarious. So yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah. I think it I sets a bad precedent for, uh, for, I think just for like stand-up comedians in general, cause you know what's to say now? Because you have people, you have that, that's what a lot of standups do. They they heckle people in the crowd. You know their jokes. They it's crowd work. Smart. Yeah, that's crowd but work. But what's going to stop somebody now from just going? Because we are we are a culture of we see something and there's gonna be a few people be like, oh, I could do that now too. Yeah. So there's gonna go. Yeah, there's gonna go up and slap somebody. But and I think it also shows the the situation they were in. And I hate to say it this way, but he showed his privilege in a sense, Will Smith, that he knew he can go up there, smack this guy, and get away with it because yeah. he's Will Smith. Um, I don't think that they should withhold his Oscar or anything, but they should have definitely been like, all right, you got to bounce, man. You got to go. We'll, yeah. we'll mail you the Oscar. We'll give it to you now, and you can head <laughs> out. But they shouldn't have allowed him to go up there and give an acceptance speech. I'm sorry. That shouldn't have happened. Uh, and the thing is, there were so many other options. Like, if he had just if he had stood up with Jada and said, come on, we're going – yeah, and they too. walked out during Chris's set. We'd still be talking about that, but we wouldn't be talking about Will Smith is a crazy person. Right. Will Smith yeah. needs help. Yeah. It's like there were other ways to make your point known without resorting to physical violence. The joke, classless. The act, criminal. And yeah. and to your point about, you know, is this going to embolden people? It was one of the first things I saw was a reaction from comedian Kathy Griffin, who said, this is like, Comedy clubs around the world just got anxious. <laughs> like, this is going to happen. So, yeah. yeah, man, it's crazy. It's crazy where we live in. <laughs> got Ron DeSantis and Will Smith in the same show. What the hell is going on? Yeah, hey, you never thought you would talk about those two in the same space, but. <laughs> Not where both of them are in the wrong. Right, I could see Will Smith maybe challenging Ron DeSantis, and I'd be like, yeah, go Will Smith. Uh, but, like, I'm talking about Will Smith and Ron DeSantis as they're both equally insane right now. Yeah. I, I would pay to see Ron DeSantis get slapped by Will Smith. I'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> so you got to you gotta get DeSantis to somehow insult Jada yeah. in front of Will. Right. That will prompt him to go smack the shit out of DeSantis. I'm, is he going to run for president? <laughs> We're going to go back to DeSantis before we wrap. Is he going to run for president? Oh, I hope not. I hope not. They've been, there's been talk of him running for president. He's the new Trump. I know. He's the more digestible Trump. I, I hope not because... That makes him more dangerous, that he's less crazy than Trump, but he has a lot of the same Trump values. That makes him more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. It's because he's not senile. You know, he's not old and senile like Trump is because, you know, Trump has that, like, I think dementia is really set in with him, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> Did you but hear like... this hole in one story? <laughs> have you heard that yet? No, I've heard that. You have to go. Okay. When we're done here, I'll send you a link. Uh, he he shot a hole in one recently. And the way he tells it, it is like, it should be a movie. Anyway, <laughs> I'll send that link to you. Uh, but but the, 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 what makes him dangerous is the fact that he is more palatable than Trump and that he has the same the same values. So that middle America, those white women who who were like, I can't vote for Trump, will be like, well, I can vote, vote for DeSantis. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what concerns thing. me. Yeah, that's a scary <laughs> thing. For sure. I'm just going to end it on white women are the problem. We're ended on that. <laughs> His name is Sham. At home with peanuts, a bearer of bad dad news. You can find him on Twitter almost every day. Uh, you can also find him on uh, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, Today's Parent. Usually with a funny parent tweets of the week kind of thing. So, uh, Sham, thanks for coming along and doing this again, buddy. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate you as always, man. That's it. That's the show. Uh, Want to thank Sham for being awesome. Uh, I love talking with that guy, and uh, honestly, yeah, I just wanna just wanna hang out with him. I do. I just wanna like hang out with Sham. I think our kids would get along, based upon the fact that our parenting values seem to be right along the same line. And uh, just a good dude. Give him a follow on Twitter. Doesn't really use Instagram that much, but on Twitter he's hella active, and it's really good. So uh, thanks to Sham. Thanks, of course, to DeanBlundell.com. DeanBlundell.com, home of Canada's number one podcast network. Uh, also, a pretty good podcast show himself. Uh, Monday to Friday, three-ish. Check him out. And then uh, the only thing that's left is for me to hit the theme song exit. So, next week's guest is going to be Adam Grow For my Canadian fans, uh, he is the former host of Cash Cap. That's where you're going to recognize him from. And the first thing I want to ask him is, are you tired of being known as the Cash Cap guy? We'll see what he has to say about that. And uh, that's next week's, and we'll be in touch. Be well, be well, safe. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Tell a friend, tell an enemy, subscribe, all that crap. Thanks for listening. Damn. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.